0: Hello and welcome back to the Golden Hurricast, a weekly podcast covering Golden Hurricane Athletics at the University of Tulsa. I'm Ryan Token. I'm Matt Rectine. And Pat is out, uh, but after a nice little break for Christmas and the new year, um, happy new year to you, Matt, by the way, I know I've told you that already, but also to all of you listeners, uh, we are back and rested up, ready for basketball conference play. Uh, We've had three games since our last episode. We've been away doing our thing for three weeks, but we are back, full steam ahead um, for the rest of the season. So we had three games. All of those games were pretty crazy in their own weird, unique way. Um, so we'll talk about all those and then get you ready for Cincinnati and Houston this week, which is a crazy week. So plenty to get to. So let's jump in.
1: Yeah, Everybody keeps telling me Happy New Year. And like as cheesy as it sounds, I celebrated New Year's back in like September when I got LASIK. So, I mean, that's just what it is. Ah, yeah,
0: 2020 vision. Yep. I love it.
1: Everyone says it, but that's literally what I got.
0: Stay golden. Hurricanes. Okay, so we are back, as I said. Um, going to be going full steam ahead for the rest of the season this season. So we've got a, a few games to talk about uh, since last we recorded and put out an episode, and that was Colorado State, Kansas State, and Temple. Um, lost two of those, won one of them. Colorado State, triple overtime game. We'll talk about that in a bit. Kansas State lost 69-67, to uh, missed the layup by Joiner basically at the buzzer. Um, probably should have been a, a foul called there. We can talk about that. Later too, uh, but the most recent game just uh was, was Sunday Friday was the game right yep. yeah so Temple first conference game and we first game them. of twenty twenty yeah new new decade for Tulsa basketball is that what's happening right we just destroyed them seventy to forty four
1: yeah it's just I mean it goes back for years Temple cannot play on <laughs> Tulsa's campus
0: it's yeah they have never beaten us at home you know yeah the we lead the series seven to three all time against them. All the losses are on the road. Um, and then, so like we lost at temple last year, but the last two home games, not including yesterday's, the score was the same. It was 76 to 58, both the last, those last two games.
1: Yeah. Uh eh, that seems closer than they act, those games actually felt too. <laughs> well, yeah like cuz one of those years was like ago, <laughs> I think we ran up to like a 30 to 4 yeah. lead or something. It was awful. Yeah, it was or, amazing. Well, I mean amazing awful for Temple. They looked atrocious, but And that was a year like
0: us. we were like, "Oh man, maybe we can make the tournament all of a sudden." Um wasn't yeah. that that year? And then we did we even make the NIT that year after no,
1: all? No, th- we finished like 19 and 15, but we like finished up on an upswing because yeah. that was the year we lost to uh, Memphis. Memphis twice in a row. Oh, thing. Yeah. yeah, I think. Memphis on that uh floating Yeah buzzer
0: three in the tournament that just crushed crushed souls it was it was ridiculous um but so. yeah man like what what is that 26 point 26 point win um was it 70 44 that was it right yep. uh and that is i mean just impressive they looked terrible first of all so we played great i mean honestly the first half we didn't we didn't play very well yeah I, like, it, like took, the it took a long game.
1: time for us it looked the defense looked kind of slow at times, but we were helped out just by how atrocious they shot. Yeah. Like they shot, their effective field goal percent was thirty one and a half percent. Their th- three point percentage was 20%, which is like really good compared to like, they, for a long time they were under 10% in this game.
0: Yeah. And oh so yeah, I remember you got, said it was like, what were they, three of, or like one of something? They, I don't they were
1: like three of 11 at one point. Yeah. Uh, which I guess is over, but it was, and it just kept going worse for them. Yeah. So we definitely got helped out by how bad they were shooting and that help made it so that we were able to stay ahead uh, while we struggled to find our shots. Uh, but we did not nearly struggle as much as they did because, I mean, I think the big thing for this game is dry horn and <laughs> uh, Brandon Rochelle, both yeah. were going off for three. Rochelle went three for four, which, I mean, I was just talking to Pat about it this morning. If he can consistently be a three point, like get his three point shot, he is like a legit NBA prospect for our team. Oh all yeah. All of a sudden. No doubt. Cause that was the one thing missing. And now people are going to have to respect that. And it just opens the floor for, mm-hmm. for a lot of things.
0: Yeah. And I remember like preseason, I remember hearing him and Isaiah Hill both saying that, you know, they they were two newcomers, you know, and we didn't know a ton about them. So whoever was interviewing them, I can't remember probably Bruce Howard. Um, said, like, you know, what what should Tulsa fans know about you? It was after, like, the first game. Like, so we had seen them a little bit, but wanted to know what else, we, you know, sh- should Tulsa fans understand and know about your game. And both of them said, uh, neither of them shot the ball from three very well that the first game. And both of them said, you know, I've got a really good three-point shot. It wasn't there this game, but you'll see it this season. And haven't seen that a ton from Isaiah Hill yet. He has made a couple, but, I mean, Rochelle turned it on last game. And he, he showed it a little bit in the past, too but it's really coming alive here recently.
1: Yeah, I think he's uh, 32% on the season, which for his, he's taking the third or fourth most shots. And I mean, he, that's... From three, on, you mean? Yeah, from three. So that's fourth on the team behind uh, Reggie Jones, Corita, and Horn. Mm-hmm. And then he's also behind Joyner, but Joiner has eh, pretty close volume. Yeah, it's nice because that was the the big fear that we had talked about early, and it definitely seemed like it was the case early, especially when Horn, the slow start he had to this season, is that we didn't have a lot of threats on the outside from three, and that seems to have changed as of late.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like, a, a weird point on that is Reggie Jones, his playing time has gone way down, and he had zero points, I think. Yeah, zero points against Temple, and he had zero against um, either Kansas State or – Colorado's, I think it was, I think Colorado State, he also had zero. And then he had like four against Kansas State. Um, and that's surprising. I thought he was going to be a guy to get better and better all year. And it looks like he might be you know, usually about conference play time, Haith likes to cut the rotation down to like eight guys.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have expected him to get cut. He would not yeah. be. Yeah, I know. He
0: was one of the ones I thought would be increasing over time, especially being a new guy. And he's, he's been decreasing uh, pretty rapidly here recently. So I don't know if there's something going on at practice or just the what Haith has seen out there isn't what the style that we want. Uh, but I like his game. So anytime he's in there, I'm not going to be upset. He uh, hasn't played super great recently but i i do think he's still a really good player
1: yeah and i guess the thing is like whose minutes do you get rid of at this I know, point yeah I, I mean is it it's carita, right that's the only. i would think
0: i think they're kind of nice complimentary players for each other um so i, I would expect them maybe to trade minutes more but i know i mean Heath loves carita so mm-hmm. it's not going to happen taking minutes away from him um like he still had 25 last game which was what third most on the team or something like that yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he, he's a good – like, Karita, I mean, honestly, I, I'm not – I don't care if Karita plays that much. I think he's a fine player. I think he does a job, a good enough job. And he shot the ball just as well as Reggie Jones this year, and he does the small things like we always talk about. Like, I, I remember a couple, like, big – you know, I think he only had, like, five rebounds or something last game, but had a couple in big, moment, big moments and strong rebounds that we just need him to be that guy, and he is that guy. So that's fine with me.
1: Yeah, I, I still – like – I don't know why I question the decision to start him over Jackson. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Jackson, you look at his box score, zero points, zero shots. But he was still, I think, like our third best offensive player just by offensive rating on this game because he had five assists. He had uh, five assists, two steals, two rebounds. And so he's a really good facilitator even when he's not putting up points. And he's still on the season – uh, our best offensive player you yeah. know with the one game clearly with no points and so I'd like to see Jackson starting still I don't know if I just beat that horse into the ground <laughs> as much as I can yeah I mean I, don't I, I understand get understand why he's not starting some of these
0: games I get it, but we've talked about it a bunch of times too on the show how we don't have any shooters on this team and so I think the biggest thing there one of the biggest things for Lawson starting is that we know he can like is capable of shooting the ball. And we know that Jackson, is really not capable of it. Yeah. Like Haith talks about how he makes them in practice, which also surprises me. And he wants Jackson to start shooting them more in games. And if he, like if he can be competent from there, all of a sudden he's also an NBA level prospect too. Um, but he's just, hasn't shown that yet. And he also had like, after I heard that from Haith, I was watching for him in the game to see if he was going to do it. Uh, like take a couple threes. And he had some wide open, like the guys just don't guard him. Cause nobody thinks he can shoot, yeah. which he hasn't shown that he can. So it was perfect opportunity last game. For, her to take, for him to take, like, two, and he never took one. So, kind of sad.
1: Yeah, I hope just going forward, because it definitely looked like, um, I know I mentioned it earlier, the defense looked like they were slow at times yeah. uh, when Jackson wasn't out there. Agreed. And so, going forward and, you know, through the rest of the season, would like to see Jackson start just so that the defense starts with a uh, intensity to kind of put the game, like, in our – very cliche, but you know, put it in our court. Let our defense control tempo. Yeah, because uh, that's the one thing that Temple did that I really liked. Uh, even though they like they put up a lot of shots, they just didn't make any of them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, they were very quick to dish the ball around and then take the open shots, mm-hmm. and they had a lot of open shots that they just couldn't hit. Yeah, and so not having a guy who I mean was one of our top defensive players, in, like last game and just on the season, out there to help control that. I think a better team than Temple would make us pay.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if everybody in the conference doesn't play a zone against Temple now, they haven't. They didn't watch this game because like they just could not make an outside shot, and their their game has not been making outside shots all year. Like their their best players are Quentin Rose and uh, Nate Pierre Louis, and neither of those guys are like big time three point shooters. They're like get to the elbow and hit an elbow jumper and dish it off, or just or dish it off from there. Yeah, um, analytics say they're bad yeah exactly right um yeah so i mean it just it worked out really well for us in our game plan because our zone always gives people trouble especially if they're not used to playing a zone so that was that was pretty nice but like i mean i think the headliner of the game um 13 steals by our team that's a that's an amazing number 13 steals in one game four of those by joiner of all people mm-hmm. who is not known as like our steal getter right rachel yep. and jackson are those two guys i don't remember how many each of those had was like one and one or something had
1: one jackson had two yeah had two horn had one yeah i know horn of all people yeah like when does horn get a steal and hill got two and josh early came in got a steal
0: like 13 steals in a game is amazing i looked up um like average i don't know what the average is but i looked up the leading teams um in steals per game right on sports reference and number one team in the country eastern michigan fun fact They average eleven per game. That is amazing. Also, Uh, but they the best team in the country at steals per game averages eleven. We are sixtieth in the country currently with eight point two per game, uh, which is very solid. So good stuff there. More
1: steals than turnovers. That's we did. Yeah, nice. Like twelve turnovers, which is still kind of high. Like that. uh, I just remember Hill's first possession just immediately gets it stolen dunked (laughs) dunked on. Oh god! But he did. He he bounced back with the nice three. Yeah, uh, he did to cap that. But. Yeah, I mean, steals and, like, early, like, at the beginning of the second half, we had five steals and five blocks. Like, to keep up our block pace with how well we were stealing the ball, that was, it was just a great defensive game.
0: It was, yeah. Definitely helped that Temple didn't play well, but we were playing solid defense. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't just a one-way street with Temple not being able to do anything. That was caused by us and our active hands on defense the whole time.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, Ugbo had two of those blocks, and, like, he was really good, and I was – surprised to see him start yeah um especially like over igbanu but in this game especially it worked out really well mm-hmm. and so this is the point that um just i was talking about to to you and pat is i like igbanu coming off the bench after a couple minutes into the game and the reason why and i think it proves like he his offensive rating this game was 141 or 144 with a defensive rating of 68, which are both incredible. Yeah, those are awesome. Um, But him coming off the bench after three or four minutes means that more often than not, he's going to be matched up against guys like this Temple or whoever's, you know, second wave of guys. And so early in the game, he went up for that. I think the first pass he got, he just could not get it up against whoever their, uh, their center was. Yeah. And I think I mentioned to you, I was like, "Oh, that does not like bode well for Ibanu. And then rest of the game, when he's playing a like different matchup, he was just killing it. Mm-hmm. And so I do like the idea of starting Ugbo early because Ugbo might not get you points because uh, he had zero points on <laughs> this game, one one shot this game. Yeah. Um, but I mean, his def- defensive rating is below fifty while he's out there, and so yeah. he can. You know, they're not gonna do a lot of damage against him. And then if we can just get it to stagger the matchups, I think that works really well for Igbani's favor.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, six of eight shooting for Igbani that game and like the big thing, like he's what, six eight mm-hmm. generously? Like probably closer yep. to six seven. Um, it's just tough. I mean, he's just he's not a giant guy to be our, our main, like, center kind of power forward style position player. Um, so you're right. Like if we if he can come off the bench and have several minutes of a mismatch before the other coach can, you know, adjust and get the other guy in the game, that's going to be a huge help for him. So maybe that's what we'll do going forward. It'll be interesting to see if Ugbo stays in that starting position. Cause I mean, he is not as raw, like he's raw, but he's not as bad. Like he doesn't look he's a super lot better. uncoordinated.
1: Yeah, he's there. a much better big man than we had like last year yeah. from uh, Hewitt.
0: Yeah. Oh my uh, God. Yeah.
1: Right. And, I mean, he's better than, uh, hewitt last Fal- year i thought
0: that was hewitt and
1: falakun were both last year
0: Hewitt was last. man it feels like forever ago.
1: yeah and uh, ugbo is definitely a very much eye test better than either of those two
0: yeah i mean he looks smooth like he sometimes he doesn't make them very often but like he's got a nice little hook shot it comes off his hand it looks good um
1: yeah but, a lot of those shots a lot of those early shots just were not bouncing in like yeah. they, a lot of them looked good mm. from everybody
0: yeah really. so it'll, that'll that will be a a fun question to watch. See if he starts again next game against Cincy on Wednesday. Um, but we'll see. So uh, moving on to a little bit on Kansas State and Colorado State. Um, Kansas State, I mean, of all the years, to not beat them. Yeah, this so was the, worst, worst, the one. worst year. I mean, they are not good this year. What, they're 7-6 and six now, yeah, I think. They,
1: they lost to St. Louis University, who's not that good <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. this year. <laughs> I mean, uh, it would have been a nice win. For, it's always a nice win for us whenever you beat a P5 team like that. Um, but, like, they... I, they don't have any good wins. Seven and six, like I said. Uh, their starting point guard, I don't know how to say his name correctly. I think it's Cartier Jara. I think that's how people say it. Okay. I was saying Diara, but I'm pretty sure it's Jara. Um, of all the games, 25 points against us. Makes all the threes he takes, basically. Six of 11. Uh, seven assists. Like, carried, put the team on his back. So, I mean, that guy's been a turnover machine. And he still, I think, had a decent amount of turnovers against us. But, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I didn't. I would have put money on uh, on us beating Kansas State this year of all years. Even with us not being quite as good as past years, it doesn't look like. Um, I thought this one would be would be a win. Uh, it was at Kansas State, so that doesn't help. But I mean, it was there. Like we had the chance. We were up a lot of that game, and then at the end of the game. You know, we talked about it a little bit in the pre show thing. Uh, Joiner has you know he he gets an angle on the bucket, goes up, uh, takes full body like full body contact up at the basket. And no call. And, you know, it gets blocked or whatever. And um, game basically ends right there. Uh, but, man, I thought that was a foul. I thought for sure. Of all, like, it could have been an offensive foul, honestly. Like, he kind of shouldered into whoever that defender was. Um, but nothing got called. It was just like nothing happened. I don't know. I know, like, the end of the game, refs like to let him play and see what happens. But so often, that call is made. So I would have, you know... I totally would have thought that would have been called in a big game like that with the game on the line. Give him a shot at the free throw line, see what happens. Because we were down two, right? So not sure. Uh, really disappointing that we didn't get a chance there. Joyner, um, I think that's a second, like, buzzer missing layup uh, of the of the season this season. So hopefully that's not in his head. I mean, he had a, he had a good game um, against Temple, kind of. So whatever. Uh, five yeah, steals.
1: and I guess this is just to harp on that, he goes to the line. I'm not convinced that actually ties the game for us because one thing that, like, we are a very middle-of-the-pack team from the line this yeah. year. We get to the line. I think we've taken 149th in the country for a number of free throws attempted. But then our percentage, like, we're sitting right at 70% on the season, which is not that good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Horn is by far our best. He shoots 87 from the line. But most of the other guys are somewhere in the 70s or, gosh, below 70. <laughs> which hurts. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that had that hurt against K state is we went 12 of 20. We only shot 60%. And so it's just given it's leaving a lot of points that, I mean, in a two point game, every single one of those points matters a lot. Yeah, no doubt. And so I think that's a big part of, uh, and I don't, you know, I don't know what the best way is that isn't that coaching. Isn't that what people always say? Free throw shooting is coaching kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Part of it, for sure.
1: uh, I think it's just... It's also, I mean,
0: it's it's on the players just as much as the coaches. I mean, it's just the time you got to put in. but I'd rather
1: blame Frank Hay for (laughs) any issues. Um, Yeah. Which, you know, maybe that's not fair. But uh, who said I was a fair (laughs) analyst? Um, Yeah.
0: Regardless, it's a loss. Um, Kansas State, tough one to lose. That would have been a nice win for us, especially going into conference play. Not that it mattered. We smoked temple, but still would have been a nice win. Um, Kansas State improves. To two and seven all time again against us so we still own the wildcats which is just awesome one of my favorite stats aside from the yukon all-time record uh so moving on the last one um the the most the furthest away one that we're like going to talk most, about
1: most exciting game of the year for just like especially a neutral fan
0: didn't somebody uh i wasn't think there's some like yeah, rating? Uh, that... i
1: think uh on kenpom it's listed as like the third at least at the time when it happened yeah. it was the third most exciting game to happen in the country <laughs>
0: And that was the Colorado State game, and at the BOK Center, which we talked about this before the game. We should never, play we should never BOK play Center. at the BOK Center. Do you know? I I couldn't, I didn't know how to search for this. But do you know by chance what our all-time record is? No, I at know. the BOK Center, I'm pretty sure
1: it's below 500. Though. It's got to be. Like yeah.
0: I can't remember when we won there. Maybe I'm just forgetting a recent one, but it seems like we never do. Um, but man, like. Colorado State also not a good team. They're 10 and 7 now, I think. Um, also with no good wins all season. Uh, that is not a game we should have. First of all, lost. Second of all, we shouldn't even come close to overtime against that team and basically a home game. Uh, Horn played his head off. 28 points, career high. Right.
1: Oh, it's the most exciting game.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Was it Horn's career high? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So 28 points there. Um I don't remember what his numbers were, but like percentage-wise what he shot, but he yeah, shot
1: awesome. 63% uh, overall. He shot 83% from inside the arc, he shot 50% from 3 and 75 from the line. Additionally with six rebounds, two assists, two steals, one only one turnover, but the big thing that hurt is the five fouls. Yeah. Which over, you know, two halves and three periods of overtime Mm -hmm. it's not unexpected but that's what killed us
0: yeah i mean it sucks you just can't you can't hang with a team when you lose three of your best weapons i mean who was it it was was it was
1: Rochelle jackson and uh horn Rochelle jackson and horn and then Igbanu was at four for a while so he was
0: yeah so i mean i understand once we got to the third overtime with with those guys out pretty much thought it was gonna be a miracle to win that game um but God, it shouldn't have gotten to that point. You got to yeah. put those guys away. They're not a good enough team to be hanging around with us that whole time.
1: As Yeah. And as exciting as the game ended up being, especially in the last like two minutes of game time where we were down by 10 and I was just sitting there. I was like, man, I'm going to like, I had an errand that I was like needed to run. I was like, Oh, well, once this game's over, <laughs> I'll run out. And then like an hour later, I actually left my house, my parents' house. Yeah, exactly. But like it was, so that was an incredible uh, comeback. And then, like They came back in the first overtime, and then that deep pass from Rochelle to Iguanu oh, at the end of the second overtime. It was all exciting. That was amazing. But Colorado State is not a good enough team to where like, it should have even gotten that close. I know. And it just looks like we didn't show up until the end of the game. Yep. And then it was like, at that point, we, the fouls added up, and you lose your best players. It's it's just a war of attrition.
0: Yeah. I know, uh, just not a good look. I mean, God, we were down at halftime. Uh, Yeah, because
1: they only had one guy foul out, and he was their fourth highest scorer. Yeah. We had our highest scorer, yeah, and then like two of our third highest scorers.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It it really sucks, but we kind of expected, like we talked about, not this game specifically, but earlier this season, we talked about how this team, we could see being a middle-of-the-road team that has a bunch of weird losses, but also a bunch of good wins. All right, so sounds, I could totally I mean, see that. that sounds exactly like what's happening. <laughs> I, I know. Um, so, like, man, we might have hit that that nail on the head. But we have like the the athletes on the team are top tier athletes, but we also have some severe limitations around three point shooting when Horn's not on, basically, and then coaching all season. Uh, so that's those are yeah, the big problems.
1: And hopefully, the the rise of Brandon Rochelle yeah, changes man.
0: that. That would be but, a huge bonus.
1: I mean, we got so we've lost three of our four. Like B slash A matchups. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lost UT Arlington. It a, was a B because they're 105 in Kempom, and that was on the road. Vanderbilt was our only win. Uh, that was a B ranking. But Arkansas was an A potential. But, yeah, that one.
0: Don't, yeah, not even close. No need
1: to go back. And then K-State would have been another one, so that kind of sucks.
0: But Was this, Temple?
1: No, Temple was not because it was at home. Yeah, so but there they were 74. 57.
0: They were like 50-something. Weren't they? they were, uh, I thought they were like 57 when we played them. and They dropped like when down to we 70.
1: played them. They were 57. No, yeah, 57. Yeah. But it's got to be a top 50 team at home. Really? Yeah. Man. Which? Oh, uh, actually, you know what? It I don't be know. A B ranking? Yeah, I feel like that should have been. Let me. Let me press this information. This is like a very long, wordy article. Why doesn't it just say what it is? A game in Tier A represents a top 50 opponent. Yeah. Tier B is concept for top 100. There you go. And so I wonder if it lost its tier A because they dropped so much after we blew them out. But it's still but a tier seems B, like, though. Right. It just doesn't say it on the website anymore. Okay. In our hearts, it will be.
0: It's got to be. I mean, they're still 70-something in Kenpom. Yeah, Palm, 74. So it, Yeah, it should definitely be there. Um,
1: but I guess I don't. that's the question. is like how much do you adjust it for it being in Tulsa, I guess.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But I'm counting as a as a tier B win.
1: Yeah, a lot of two really good chances this week. Yeah, Cincinnati man. is yeah. an A, and Houston would be a B.
0: Yeah, let's get into that. So, like you said, Cincy they're 59 Ken Palm right now. Uh, Houston 26. So I would say this is definitely the toughest week of the year for us so far in in, in aggregate. Uh, Cincy, let's start with them. They're on Wednesday. Uh, what time is that? six o'clock. That is on ESPNU. Yeah. So. Six o'clock on Wednesday night um, in Cincinnati on ESPNU. If you want to watch that game, uh, Cincy, formerly coached by Mick Cronin, he has moved on to coach the currently eight and seven UCLA Bruins. Also, ouch, that sucks. Eight and seven. They have lost to BYU, Washington State, Cal State, Fullerton. Rest in peace,
1: Mick Those, are, those are all powerhouses. <laughs> Yeah, i don't know about that how long is this contract how much are they gonna have to pay to buy him know. out when they whenever they decide they want <laughs> to do that? i don't know man it's, it's got to
0: be so much like oh my god it, it is it sucks for both parties mick cronin was never a big fan of his he's always just angry and pisses me off so i don't know i'm, I'm kind of happy that that's the case uh so bearcats um needed a new head coach they hired john brannan he is now leading them in another disappointing season, uh, Mick Cronin's disappointing UCLA season has now become Cincinnati's disappointing eight and six uh, Bearcats season so far uh, to this point in the year.
1: That's that, their season is just weird. Like looking at that, so you know lose to Ohio State. Ohio State's really good,
0: and it was also not that close. Or it was it was like a pretty close was, loss. Yeah, right? eight points. Yeah. so
1: pretty close. They lose to Xavier, which you know respectable. They lose to Iowa. Iowa's pretty good, but then you got Bowling Green. Colgate into yeah, Lane,
0: yeah Tulane like Tulane won zero conference games last year
1: yeah and now Tulane is looking like a powerhouse <laughs> in the yeah, American all of a sudden
0: I mean Ron Hunter it's the magic of Ron you know
1: so I mean that's the fear that I have um is that last year the first game we played against Cincy was right after they lost to ECU on the road and look at it this year. They lose to Tulane (laughs) on the road right before they play us. So I'm kind of like pissed off at these other like American teams beating, upsetting Cincinnati right before we get the chance. They're
0: waking them up. They wake them up and then we've got Tulsa and then they bounce back against us. But I really think we got a good chance to beat them this year. This year of all years. Like they look pretty bad.
1: Right. But then they 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 have the win against Tennessee, which is a good win. And they beat Connecticut by 16.
0: I mean, this team goes. Yeah, that's true. This team goes as Jaron Cumberland goes, and he is having a bad year.
1: Is he started? Bad Has year. he been
0: benched yet? He started. Well, he has. Yeah. So he's been benched several times this year. He he didn't start a bunch of games. Brandon seems to be pissed at him, um, but he did start against Tulane. Not that it helped them. <laughs> uh, but like he's looked bad. Um, he made. He's the one. Remember, I talked about when they lost to Colgate. He did that. Like he shot the three quarter court oh, shot with like six seconds still on the clock, and they lost the game because of that um oh my god and actually they were not i can't remember what the score was they were winning at that point or they Wasn't were tied I thought, or I thought
1: it was it was 66 right and then they fouled the
0: yeah it was it's either tied or they were still winning and then the dude cumberland comes in like gets you're the ball winning, at like
1: that, they, they can't have been winning. it been there's, there's no way that he takes yeah, a full court shot right. if they're winning you're like
0: right. it must have been a
1: tie game nobody's
0: that stupid <laughs> yeah. so he shoots that thing like the guy Colgate gets the rebound obviously because he didn't make the three-quarter court shot and his they foul yeah the cousin Javin Javin fouls the Colgate guy Javin Cumberland um fouls it the Colgate did, it didn't
1: guy. look I haven't watched it I don't know if he like intentionally went to foul him I think it was just he's going for the ball it looks like tried to get the ball but back and still then just so, so him,
0: stupid so. such a like I would have been I, hey, if that was Tulsa I would have lost my damn mind it makes no sense tie game you shoot the three-quarter court thing you miss the shot. Other team gets the ball. Let me foul them so they can go to the free throw line, make a free throw, and beat us. Oh, my God. It was hilarious, uh, yeah, but also just It would
1: have awful. been kind of funny if then he, he did, attempted another full court after they were down, and it makes that <laughs> one. And everybody's like, oh, okay, let's forget the first yeah, exactly. one. But, no, I mean, this is the this is the greatest timeline because I think Cincinnati is my least favorite uh, basketball school in the conference is that uh, UConn? It's it's between them and UConn. Okay, yeah, I uh, agree. UConn, those are my my those school my two itself doesn't bother me as much as like the Twitter yeah fan base <laughs> right. they have. True, it's just like, I mean, obviously they're very pro UConn, but it just grinds my gears. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Cincinnati is just like like their tears. They like bring me joy. Same the tears of their program.
0: So, yeah, so I'm definitely thinking we got this win. Which is
1: mean of me. Um. Yeah. Let's. I guess let's talk about the actual cincinnati team
0: yeah so their leading scorer chris Vogt. i assume is how you spell his name v-o-g-t that's how you spell his last name there he's their center usually the center is not the leading scorer but he is 13.6 game jaron is their second leading scorer jaron cumberland these are like 13 or 13.2 or something like that um but really i think their best player oh at least the guy who looks like the best athlete for me on their team is trey scott uh power forward for him 48 percent from the field. Um, I think he leads. I can't. I think I wrote this down somewhere. I can't find it anymore. But I'm pretty sure he leads them in steals and rebounds. Like a weird combination of stats to lead a team in. Uh, and like he's, I don't know. He just looks good on the court. Hard worker, uh, smart player. Um, I'm. I'm pretty worried about playing him. But could be a good matchup uh, for Igbanu. So we'll see how they do.
1: Yeah. This. So Chris Boat. He's averaging an offensive rating of 125.1 which yeah. is top 50 in the country nice his effective field goal percentage is top 10 his true shooting percentage is top 10 man his two point as oh, okay yeah his true shooting percentage or effective field goal is the same as his two point which i think means he is yep attempted no threes <laughs> but
0: how tall is he can you see that off the top of your head right there seven one okay so this would be another one where i bet uh i bet it starts. starts again because that, that just makes sense, especially if we want Igbani more mashup up with like Trey Scott or something like that. Um, I could see that happening. But man, I didn't know he was top 10 in all those categories. That is kind of scary. Yeah, so like, I mean, he's there. Uh, Like we mentioned, Jaron's cousin is on the team. I think he's a freshman. I don't know if he transferred in or if he's actually a freshman this year, but his name's Javin, Javin Cumberland. Um, Man, that guy, I've only watched two Cincinnati games this year, but he is the worst. He is the worst to watch. He just whines... I mean, the two I watched him in, he's just a baby. He whines all game. And Jaron Cumberland is kind of like that too, but he's like more masculine and he like hides it better. Javin like just looks whiny and like he's, I don't know, man. It's not, he's not fun to watch play. That's all. That's all there is to it. So they're he's back, their fourth leading scorer.
1: Their backup center, uh, James. Who were you saying? Backup center? Their backup center is also seven feet tall. Uh, oh. their average height is 78.2 inches, which is 24th <laughs> in the country. So, wow. So yeah, they're big. Definitely. Uh, let's, I all in favor for testing the theory of Igbanu off the bench.
0: <laughs> yeah. Why not? You know, this seems like a good one to do it in. Um, I am worried, you know, putting their top 10 guy all the time against our newcomer, Ugbo, you know, and seeing how he does there. But, uh, I don't know that. I mean, you uh, got to have the size matchup in there and he's the only one we've got. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll see. I, I do feel pretty good about this game. I don't think Cincinnati is very good. Uh, it's they, got to be aren't. better
1: than last year's game at Cincinnati. Yeah. Oh, I, God. Didn't, I, like, I was in. Can- well, luckily, I was spared from watching it <laughs> yeah. by being in Cancun. I don't
0: remember. Do you remember what the final score was? Uh, game? It was like 20-something points. Yeah, it's really it was
1: ugly. really bad. I watched Spanish television. Well. <laughs> it was slightly
0: less sad. Beautiful. Um, We are 1-8 all time. For Cincinnati, not good. Didn't know that till today. Currently a six-game losing streak in favor of Cincy. Mm. Um, never sure. won at Cincy either. But I really think, I really think this, this could the be year. the one that we break that streak. All streaks are born to be broken. This is the year that it happens. I can see it. All right. So moving on. Uh, Houston is on Saturday. Three o'clock. Three o'clock. You got the TV channel up there too.
1: Uh, I don't. Not off the top of my head.
0: I don't know, it's not on ESPN's website either yet. Uh Houston good as usual. They're 11 and 3 this year. Um have several kind of, like kind
1: of a disappointment for them.
0: Kind of. Yeah, they have a weird loss. Like they lost to BYU and they also lost to Oklahoma State, who's also like just not very good this year. Um but BYU was the second game of the year, so they've got a bunch of young. They they have a pretty young team this year in general too. So that it kind of explains the BYU loss. Uh they lost to Oregon by 12 uh, Oregon yeah. salad.
1: I mean, all the, their losses are at least all of them are, uh, tears of joy ranked.
0: Yeah. And they so, did beat a ranked Washington. And Oklahoma
1: team. state is at, I mean, they're 49 on Ken Palm. So are they really? Yeah. Or they're eight they and were. two. Yeah. I guess that's,
0: or no, they're, they're not. Nine, eight and two. They're nine they're and four, nine four. Yeah.
1: All of, I mean, Oklahoma state has lost to Texas tech, Minnesota, Wichita state, and Georgetown, all of which are <laughs> yeah. top 50 Ken Palm right. teams. Top 45.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Houston, I they're just always good. I mean, they also I feel like they're just going to get better and better all year just because they're younger this year, too. Um, They've got a Kansas transfer. He's a sophomore. Quentin Grimes leads them in scoring 14.8 points a game. Uh, He's followed pretty closely after that by several players that are that are right there. Um, But the two most notable are who I think is going to be their best player might be this year, probably also next year. Nate Hinton. The guy is a baller. He is a guard for them. Shoots the ball really well. Looks natural. Just everything about his game is really, really nice. Very good to watch. Um, so definitely keep an eye on Nate Hinton. Freshman Caleb Mills is their third leading scorer. Uh, don't know as much about him. I've only watched one Houston game this year, so all my eyesight uh, like eye vision tests of all these guys are just based off one game um, for the freshman at least. Last last year we saw Nate Hinton a bit uh, and Quentin Grimes is, you know, he transferred in this year. Um I'm, I'm. sad that Pat's not here to talk about his man I know, crush, uh, Dejounte. Yeah, Dejounte. Uh, Dejounte has
1: had a fairly disappointing season so far. I know, but yeah, he really I has. can't imagine that's gonna last for too much longer.
0: Yeah, so, I've like, never been as high Pat on him as Pat.
1: Pat still to to today said to me, Dejounte is an NBA talent, best talent in the conference. So
0: I just don't see it. I mean, I see, I see the talent, but best in the conference? I don't know about that. There's a lot of talented guys this year in the conference. Um, like, it's I don't like, know him.
1: Ignore the numbers; it doesn't matter. Just like <laughs> from his true talent, skill,
0: his latent skill, he's he's better. I just don't. But I don't. I don't see it uh, as much. Like he's got talent, no doubt, but he's not a. I don't know. I don't think he's going to be a first team all conference kind of guy. Like he was second team last year, right? Um, mm-hmm. So maybe he'll get there, but. I don't know. Uh, he just he's he's just choppy on the court. He just he's not a smooth player. And I guess that's like a lot of guys are like that these days. But um, they just don't that that style of play never appeals to me personally as much as other other styles. Um, he does lead them in assists and turnovers, so not great there. But uh, we'll see. I, you know, I could see him just coming out and destroying us. Like uh, he reminds me of um, sh- oh god, wait. Yeah, Jimmy Witt. Reminds me of Jimmy Witt. He's like a weird game. He's got a weird shot, but he makes a lot of shots and he always kills us every time we play them. So, hopefully he's I don't got our number <laughs> dialed I, in. I know, that. man. So, I could totally see that happening uh it's with like... Dejon Giro there, Diki. Um man, but they're just good. Like they scare me every year. Uh we like they have they're going to they have better talent than us um first of all. And then Kelvin Sampson. I mean, he's Easily one of the best three just coaches decent, in the league coach. What? DC coach. Yeah. Just, just a little bit. Um, definitely one of the best three. I'd say, I'd say probably top three coaches in the league are like him, Greg Marshall and TBD Penny Hardaway.
1: Just throw Ron Hunter in the bus like that.
0: <laughs> I mean, he could, uh, he's making a charge, man. He could be up there. Like he's obviously hasn't disappointed this year. Um, but those three, like he's, he's in that group, could be leading that group. Greg Marshall probably tied for number one. Um, but man, out coaches hate every time we play. Like it's, it's obvious
1: not that hard to
0: i know but like i don't know he's he's got his number um we we're 10 and 9 all time versus houston lost the last five in a row against them yeah that makes sense solid again this year uh i just don't think we have enough even at home um just to, to hang with those guys they would have to have a pretty bad game i think for us to beat them uh but you never know like that's why you play we could we could take it to them and show them what's up but i think they're just i think they're really good
1: yeah i uh don't really have too much more to add onto that other than i think as good as houston is i think they finished second in the conference
0: really yeah. behind memphis wichita oh you know i
1: think wichita wins
0: i could uh they look strong man.
1: memphis had that weird i mean memphis lost to georgia at home yesterday which mm-hmm. is georgia's not that good of yeah. like of the teams that played in that sec aac <laughs> alliance thing memphis is not the team i would have thought would yeah, lose i know <laughs> so. right.
0: yeah it is weird um Wichita's a good call. I could see them winning the conference as well this year, too. They look they look very, very strong.
1: Yeah, I mean, they are just derailing this. 13-1. and one. Their only loss is to West Virginia on a neutral, like, neutral site. They yeah. have wins over OSU, OU, and VCU. Mm-hmm. So, ooh, they play Memphis this Thursday. That's, oh, man. That's going to be a good game. That's
0: going to be awesome.
1: They're, so, they play Memphis, UConn, Temple, Houston, South Florida. That's their next slate.
0: That is tough. No, it's not.
1: Memphis, UConn, Temple, Houston. Oh, and in South, South Florida. Florida.
0: South Florida, no. Temple, no. Only two of those
1: are at home. UConn, no. Three of them are away. That's why.
0: Yeah, well, that's I don't know. The whole conference is...
1: South Florida is sneaky.
0: <laughs> they did just beat uh, UConn. So, oh my God. Oh, uh, UConn struggling. It is fun to watch. I am enjoying it. Okay, so what do you think? Do you think we beat? Who do you think we... Do you think we lose both, beat one of them, beat two? Uh,
1: I think we lose to cincinnati and beat houston i'm gonna pull the old reversal wow. card i yeah. have the opposite i know you do i'm not gonna do a score prediction but
0: neither am i Those i just like i
1: don't think we can beat cincinnati at cincinnati as much as i want it's <laughs> like it's a curse it could be uh you know what no yeah i can't i can't say it we'll beat cincinnati we'll lose to houston that's why wow,
0: you flipped all the way back yeah
1: i can't just <laughs> like thinking about the coaching matchup alone yeah we're frank haith is more likely to out coach cincinnati than coming yeah. Sampson.
0: Yep, agree with that. Um, also, just for the record, I think we should just stop doing score predictions, like <laughs> scores. It's what, what's the point? You just throw out random numbers. I don't get it. Um, football, maybe. I don't know.
1: Oh, ba- yeah, basketball never makes any sense. No, it's but, so stupid. Yeah, football is just kind of fun <laughs> yeah. because it. Football, it's more. It's easier to say like, oh, we should beat these guys by like two touchdowns, which yeah. is like there's not that much scoring. Basketball, yeah. it's like we should beat these guys by like fourteen six, points six, exactly. Six point eight three possessions. <laughs> yeah, I know. And so, if you calculate that, to how many points we're scoring per possession? You know, we should be beat them, you know? right? So,
0: yeah, I just little I much. Know. I don't really get it, man.
1: Anyways, I think we beat Cincinnati sixty-four to eight. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and we lose to Houston two to six. I love it. Score love predictions. It. Yeah, lock but, those in. Man,
0: easy money. You're. I mean, they're just as just as possible at being That's correct as any other numbers. So uh okay let's move on um that's the end of our basketball stuff for this episode so let's do some should
1: i do should i read pat's oh yeah faith and faith <laughs> yeah i so forgot pat, pat sent in one. uh told me his faith and faith and i will let the viewers interpret his words um this is what pat said to me and i quote if i saw a roman guard i would kiss frank haith upon the cheeks <laughs> that is all <laughs> so take that as as you will
0: there's a lot of a, underlying complexity to that statement. So really think it over. Yeah. You
1: know? We're not going to, I'm not going to like try and put these words into like what Pat's thinking for anybody. Like this is all like, that's all I got. I so. like it.
0: Good stuff, Pat. That was a good one. That was a, you know, it's clever. That's good. Okay. So moving on. Uh, I want to touch on the early signing period and all that. Cause that all happened while we were away. Um, I think, right. Did we have, did we have an nah, episode it was, since there? It was
1: that week. Uh, did we
0: talk right about before it? before we left before yeah we had yeah. an episode and then it happened and then yeah, we didn't have another one like until
1: the, now. Uh, Tuesday yeah. that's after right. our last episode
0: yeah so we haven't had a chance to talk about all that um, we did do a lot of stuff on Twitter during the whole early signing period we had a spreadsheet out there um, that was tracking it all I have added to that since because we do have one addition since then um, but quick summary uh, we have 18 commits that is good enough for the best average recruiting rating we have Phil Montgomery's ever had. Uh, at Tulsa and the best one for us since like twenty twenty eleven 2011 or something like, I tweeted that out. I can't remember what it was. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a solid, solid class, really good top to bottom. Um, sadly still number nine in the conference, uh, number 97 nationally. Um, but those rankings do not include this latest edition because he is a transfer and he is easily the highest caliber guy in this class. And that is Seth Boomer's brother, Grayson Boomer. Formerly at Oklahoma State, he's a tight end. So now we have like eight tight ends on this team uh, who hopefully we'll start using more often and more consistently. But that guy.
1: We use them, just not in the passing game that much.
0: True. But we should. Yeah. Uh, Grayson from Collinsville, like right here nearby. Four-star recruit formerly. Um, Look at his list of offers. Oklahoma State, obviously he went there for a year. Iowa State, Michigan, Nebraska, OU, Notre Dame, Texas, Texas A and M, Texas Tech, Arkansas, and Wisconsin. Damn. Like the dude is a baller. Did he not have a TU offer? No, he did. He okay. I didn't put it in there. We also offered him, um, but obviously he didn't pick us. Uh, four star guy. At first. The only yeah right. The only four star in this class for us. Everybody else is a three or a two star for us. Uh, most of which are three stars. Um, so I mean he's a huge jump. And so the the two four seven rankings don't count that uh, in their like ranking list and the you know the their decimal number that ranks everybody um he's not listed on there so had he been in there i think we would probably jump up to like six in the conference maybe wow. seven yeah um so i mean it, it's a pretty, huge get pretty
1: big for i mean for us
0: it's awesome yeah i mean the last four-star guy we had didn't work out that well chad president <laughs> like he didn't it wasn't bad you know but didn't live up to the hype because he had a ton of hype with him um so hopefully we he's can rank higher than joe burrow in that uh
1: dual threat quarterback list
0: was he (laughs) yeah nice uh man what if uh what if uh, that had worked out that would have been crazy um but yeah i mean the class is really good it's a pretty balanced class i mean far more offense than defense but still not i guess really not that far more pretty balanced we got a new quarterback roman fuller um probably the best a lot of people are talking a lot about this he came in as a like a quote athlete but it sounds like he's gonna be playing safety for us sean o'keefe um he's been all over twitter uh, with people calling him out and coaches specifically saying that p- they think he's the most talented guy in this class, um, he doesn't have the you know the highest star ranking, um, like the decimal number ranking. But I don't know, people are are pretty high on Sean O'Keefe. I don't know if that number changes because he's listed as an athlete instead of a like an actual position or something like that. But a lot of people are really high on him. Um, two new corners to add to that cornerback lack of depth that we all that we talked about a lot last year. So that's Kalen Washington and Rico Wyndham. Uh, Rico is from Oklahoma City. Kalen from Fort Worth, Texas. Both those guys are three-star backs. Both have decent size, 6'2 for Kalen Washington, 6 foot, uh for Rico. Um, I think the highest-rated guy before Grayson came in was another tight end. I'm pretty sure it was Jacob oh, yeah. Kaner. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's it's it's what you like to see. Yeah. Hashtag Kaner, you know. Um, he's a good player. Like, I mean, what are we going to do with all these tight ends? I wouldn't be surprised if one of them transferred because we signed two before Grayson. So, one, probably the best name that came in, Bane Tryon. Awesome name. Another tight end. These guys are big. 6'4 for Kaner, 6'2 for Bane, uh, 6'5 for Grayson. 6'5, 230.
1: Yeah. And uh, I guess we still have returning. Like, Denzel Carter is still on the team. Uh, we had a freshman last year. I don't mm-hmm. remember his name. James Palmer. Yeah. But we had another. Yeah, Palmer. And then there's one other guy.
0: Oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah. it played the, after uh, Carter got hurt. The Who was the one who caught the touchdown at the... Um, Hall, something Ethan Hall.
1: Yeah. Um. So we already have those. Like none of them are graduating, <laughs> and yeah. then you just keep throwing. Like we like to run two tight end sets, yeah. at least if we keep the same sort of offensive right. thing that we did last year. So, like, yeah, there's more room for tight ends, but maybe not that much room.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't care. I don't know, get rid of the, that. We have this many. Of some
1: of the wide receivers replace the line with tight ends. Just <laughs> yeah. <hide> tight ends.
0: <laughs> I mean, they're big guys, man. They could do it. Um. But, yeah, like as long as we use these guys, I want to use them. I mean, obviously, Grayson's got to feel good about coming here to be utilized. Otherwise, he, he could have gone so many other places, right? I mean, his brother's here. That's a huge draw. Uh, we offered him last year. So he has those draws here, but he wouldn't if he looked at Montgomery and said, I'm never going to get the ball or have any part of this offense. So he's got to be feeling good in some way.
1: Yeah, I, I am kind of bummed that there's been no word or anything about if they're changing who's making
0: offensive play call next year. I thought for sure we and would so have heard something. I feel like something. at this
1: point, it's probably more likely not to have any change than...
0: Yeah, I mean, God, the window has come and gone, it seems like, which is sad, because I don't know. I was excited about potential mix-ups there. Um,
1: maybe maybe he's just, they'll name him as head coach next year if it doesn't work out for Montgomery.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Get, That's true. Marion. Yeah. Um, the last kind of recruiting update, actually two, two quick ones. Uh, officially the kicker, um, Tyler Tipton has signed on first scholarship kicker from Montgomery, um, from Texas, six one one seventy height hide and weight Don't super matter for kickers as much. Uh, but finally got a scholarship kicker on the roster. And then what was our worst position group last year, Matt?
1: Uh, offensive line. Yes.
0: We got every position at the offensive line filled, nice. uh, basically. Um, yeah, I, I actually yeah we did. We got uh four four offensive linemen: um, Dylan Wade, James Middleton, Jaden Muskrat, and Gabe Cantu, a center. Uh, so trying to fill some holes there. Uh, two of those guys are two star guys. Two of them are three star guys. So kind of a mixed bag um, in terms of rivals talent level. But a lot of times, or uh, two four seven talent level, I mean. But you know, a lot of guys go from two stars to being the best guy on the team. So I don't put a ton of stock in recruiting rankings in general. It's fun to watch them, but um i don't really think they
1: yeah, especially at a matter. place like tu it's just kind of uh mm-hmm. everyone's gonna get a shot to yeah show what they got
0: true okay uh so that's it for recruiting very fun stuff especially with grayson i mean the grayson news is new like that was like what three days ago or something that came out yeah, or a little something? bit
1: more than that but yeah this last week
0: yeah so very cool um all right last real thing that we've got. I want to talk about some things that happened in the conference. Um, This is the last week of football season for the conference. Ball season happened. Uh, So I wanted to go over the bowl games and then things that happened in basketball season, then we can wrap it up. Um, So football ball season is over. We had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bowl games this year. And I'll just go through them and, and wrap it up here at the end. But the Boca Raton Bowl, first one of the year, SMU kicking us off, right? SMU 10 win team. Yeah, strong season play FAU without, played without Lane Kiffin. the kiffinless owls of florida atlantic got smoked oh it was ugly it was ugly 52 to 28 it was gross so zero and one right next up gasparilla bowl ucf smokes marshall okay feeling good ucf beats him by like 20 something
1: another 10 win team
0: another 10 win team also we we're like one of three 10 win teams or one of Three one of three conferences with, with like several ten. Yeah, I don't remember what the number was, but top three conferences for 10-win teams. Um so one and one. Next, military bowl, Temple, North Carolina. Worst one of the year for us. Temple just dismantled by North Carolina. 55 to 13. Flashbacks of Tulsa's dominant 55 to 10 win over Central Michigan back in 2016. It was just gross. They just got destroyed. It looked really bad. I mean, you got to take the power five opportunities here, guys. Like, come on. That looked awful. Uh, next up. So one and two now. One one win, two losses. Cotton Bowl. The one we're all most looking forward to. The American back in the Cotton Bowl three years in a row, five of the last seven years. Um, the American's only been around for what? What is it? Seven years now? Or se- five years now? I don't yeah. Um, something like that. Uh, so we got Memphis and Penn State. Great game, honestly. Haven't watched the entire thing yet, but did watch a little bit of it. Um, sadly, great game. Memphis lost. Penn State, 53-39, 14-point loss. So 1-3. At this point, you're thinking, Oof. oh, man, here we go again. American the American traditionally just awful in bowl season, and it is continuing. But wait, Matt. Wait and see what happens with these next three. Liberty Bowl, next game. Navy, ranked team, playing Kansas State. Beats them, twenty to seventeen. Great win. Kansas State, pretty solid season this year. That's a good win for Navy. Birmingham Bowl, Cincinnati versus Boston College, another Power Five team. Cincinnati just blows them away, thirty-eight to six. Beautiful. Okay,
1: it's three and three. Now we're three and
0: three. Last one. Will we have a winning season in bowl for the second time the in league wave, history? The, the, the Angry Wave, Tulane, playing the, last the dirty conference. buzzards of Southern Mississippi. <laughs> They're the Golden Eagles, former Conference USA opponent. Started off 13 to zero, Southern Mississippi. I was watching the game. I all of a sudden it was 13 to six, early in the third quarter. I left to go walk my dog because I was like, this game is kind of boring, nothing's happening. Came back and it was 30 to 13. 30 to 13. They won that game. That was the final score. Uh, so the American ends the year four and three, after starting one and three. Oh, thank God. Second time in league history that we've had a winning record. I think that I think 2017 was the first time, and now boom, it is slowly. We're slowly getting a little to do better. the right way. Yeah, so it's going well. Awesome bowl season. Good wins. One terrible loss. One also pretty bad loss. And Then the rest of them were you know pretty good. So pretty happy with that. Okay, so basketball. Some follow-up there. Um, What happened this year? Some weird stuff. Weird week in basketball season for the American. Tulane, first of all, was beating Memphis for a lot of the game when they played back on December 30th. Memphis is like, they were number 11 when they played or something like that. Tulane was beating them for like most of the first half. They ended up losing, but still a great game. Um, And then, yesterday, they beat Cincinnati, which we talked about a little bit. Tulane. Zero American Conference wins last year. Already beat the powerhouse, quote, of Cincinnati, um, so satisfying. So satisfying. Uh, Then to make it even better, UConn is just stumbling out of the gates to open American play. They Cincinnati beat them, who again lost to Tulane, and then South Florida beat them, who is really just not very good to start this year. Uh, so that's awesome. Also, just just everything is just going how I want so far in conference. We smoked Temple. UConn and Cincy are getting beat by people they shouldn't be listening to. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Temple early. beat what? It's early. It is early so far, man. I mean, let me let me live in my my happy moment here. Temple beat UCF. Don't really care. I'm about that one. Um, I guess it's good for us since we just smoked Temple. Uh, the surprise of the conference this year, besides Tulane, SMU. I think SMU currently 11 and two, almost beat a very. Average to less than average South Florida team, but by 20, almost beat them by 20, beat Vanderbilt by 11, who we also beat, um, but looking much better than expected because I think they were picked to finish right above us at like ninth or something in the conference. Uh, so SMU, keep an eye on them. Memphis, we mentioned it again, sadly lost to Georgia by three at home. Uh, so they're, that, that's a tough loss for them because they were ninth in the country. They were really pull, pulling the weight for the conference so far. And then Wichita State, Destroyed nine and three all miss by twenty. So I'm with you. I think they got the best chance to win the conference this year at this point. I think they look really good. Um, they're taking care of business. They got probably the best coach in the conference. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see who who comes out ahead uh, between Houston, Wichita, and Memphis. But I could see it being Wichita. Uh, okay, we put a blog post out. You want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, uh, so it came out on New Year's Day. It's one we had talked about, um, but we just kind of went through and based on it was originally we did this back in I want to say right after Thanksgiving. We were just talking about all the seniors that were leaving, uh, and we ended up cutting that from our episode because it was uh, 20 plus minutes of just r- talking about <laughs> yeah. seniors. Uh, So we decided to put it into a blog post where it would actually have room to breathe. And so uh, I thought it turned out pretty well. Uh, We split it up by offense and defense. Mm -hmm. And just uh, we got stats, the objectively correct best career game that every (laughs) player has had uh, in their time at TU. Uh, And then, so Ryan and I both worked on it. Ryan did a lot of the heavy leg work for actually writing of it. I just compiled and uh, made it look somewhat pretty. (laughs) So... Uh, but, yeah, it's out on the blog right now. So uh, check our Twitter for that. But It's exciting.
0: Or you can uh, just go to herxcorner.home.blog yeah. if you can remember it.
1: Um, yeah, I don't really. I know there's, there's basketball stuff that I want to write, um, but I don't know exactly what the plan for that is yet. So I'm still trying to there's – there's also a couple of football things that while we're still technically in the football mindset up until
0: maybe the next week
1: or two or month so we'll see i like it
0: yeah new year new new hurricast we got some big stuff coming up this year so very excited uh for 2020 um thank you guys for always sticking around and listening and uh, giving us feedback when you have it and stuff like that so we are super excited to have the ball rolling again for this year and have a lot of fun new stuff coming down the pipeline uh hopefully sooner rather than later but we will see and we'll let you guys know when we've got that coming yeah so
1: i guess it's like the advantage of being the only gig in town so like if you want hurricane. beautifully views, placed yeah.
0: <laughs> okay uh we will cl- close it out right there um if you like the show please share it on twitter or leave us a review on apple podcasts or tell a friend about it or all of the above um and if you want to support us financially you can do that uh, we have two ways of doing that now we have a paypal account uh so if you want to send us a one-time donation we are paypal.me slash the golden um and if you want to sign up for a monthly donation, you can also do that. And that's the way we've had going on for a while now. And that is at anchor.fm slash the golden Hurricane, And you can click support this podcast. Um, once you go to that website. Uh, and that is it. I, actually, no, you can, I Have forgot. I Explain
1: like what needs. we use donations like for, just so that people know, like,
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we've ever actually said it. Um, yeah, go ahead.
1: Uh, so we just use it for like our Ken Palm subscription. We've, we're, looking to upgrade some of our mics for better sound quality so it doesn't like you don't like regretful not regretfully but like it's scared when you click the hurricast as you listen to our voices screech into your ears for an hour and it'll, also it'll when you have sound. to turn
0: up the volume on pat like like 10 10 numbers and then somebody else starts talking and you get your ears blown off that's kind of me. yeah
1: um and then you know just trying to get rid of some of the echo kind of feedback and just improve the stuff that we use to actually record the episode. And there's a couple of things we've got in the pipeline that Ryan's working on that. I don't want to spoil too much, but, uh, we've used some of that money to fund those.
0: It also so. costs money. Yeah. I always forgot that you know, we pay for that stuff. Yeah. We will, huh, you will, you will learn soon. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that's true. We really appreciate anybody who helps us out. Uh, it goes a long way. We don't have a ton of expenses, um, but we do have some and they do cost money. So, uh, anything really helps and we just do it all for free, you know, and we took off ads off the podcast last year because they sucked. Ads suck. They really, they really sucked. <laughs> so, um, yeah, doing it all just for free and for, for the love of the hurricane. So thank you guys for your support, uh, all year and into this year. Okay. If you like the show, uh, like I said, share it on Twitter, tell a friend, leave a review, all that stuff. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at golden or you can send us an email and that is to thegoldenhurricast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you next week.
1: Stay golden. hurricane.